The Four Diego's proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call one three hundred three double six six three nine. On eleven sixteen SEM, Melbourne's home of footy. Afternoons with Andy Marr. Just wanted to clear the decks and let it all play out and come <laughs> back and talk about one of the most. Ominous and remarkable nights in football in this great city of ours, Carlos. Good afternoon to you. Great. How are you, Andy? How are you going? Last week, I was actually doing my little yearly tour around all the A-League clubs. I got to four last week. Right, And I uh, just like to go there, and uh, we do a little bit of filming and uh, talk to a lot of the players there and just get to know players who you watch on TV, you read about them, you criticise them all over the... But then you meet them. Yeah, yeah. And I feel really bad <laughs> criticising these guys because yeah. they're just lovely, lovely yeah. blokes. We went to... Actually, we visited Canberra United, the W League team, and then we went to uh, Newcastle Jets on the Tuesday. Tuesday, went to West Indian Wanderers on the Wednesday, and then we went to Perth on the Thursday. Met some wonderful, wonderful players who are just, you know, good pros who are trying to make a career here. And I've got to say, I might have to give up the old radio because I can't criticise these guys anymore because no, no, they're no. lovely guys. Well, there's mixed reactions from mm. some of the teams to your visits because one of them in particular <laughs> fired on all cylinders and the other one did not. Yeah. Um, but we've got to talk about what happened here on, I can't remember whether it's Friday or Saturday night now, mm. it all blurs into one, but what... what Melbourne City did to Melbourne victory and the way they did it and the contributions they got from all the players they would have wanted to get contribution. If they're going to be the team to beat this year, then tick Calzana, tick Kale, tick Fawn, tick them all. They all tick Bratton. They all shone as one early in the season. How ominous a display was that from Melbourne City the other night? Yeah, it was. uh, But you know, we were lucky enough to speak to John Van Skip last night, and it's got a pre-recorded interview for our Wednesday night show. And uh, it's amazing how he shut that down. Of course, he away. wants to. Of course, yeah, he and, does. And I tell you that the whole the whole team has shut it down. And I think that the difference now with Melbourne City is that they're going to be competitive every week. I mean, people forget that you know they're talking about how great this team is and what they did this victory on, but they have been lacking in the area of being combative and uh, and competitive yep. in a consistent fashion, which has been hugely, hugely. Uh, frustrating to the likes of Van Skip and the and the fans out there. It was, last year they were even at, at times just just falling away, uh, you know, lame efforts at different times. And even though they did go quite deep into the finals, so um, all all they're thinking there at City at the moment is okay. We've got a squad. Yes, we were terrific on the weekend. But what's more important, what they did the weekend before against Wellington yeah, Phoenix, yep, yep. go down to 10 men. In the past, they just fall away under the pressure, away from home. Windy day against a uh, you know, front-running Wellington Phoenix who got a sniff, and they hung on with that 1-0 win. That, for me, and I think for many people at City, was almost more important than what they did on the weekend, uh, in a sense, to test that resilience that they, never, they haven't had in the past. But... With all that, though, Andy, from a game, from a marketing point of view, I'll tell you what, the, the marketing guys there at City, the marketing guys there at FFA, if they ever wanted a script written and, uh, and that come to fruition, that's what we got. We got Bruno Fornaroli, the star of last year, and what a captain. I mean, led from the front. Did. How aggressive they were. They were in the face of victory. And then Kale doing the same thing. Uh, Luke Bratton. I mean, they got, they got muscle and resilience through that whole side. Even Let's not forget Manny Musket who I sort of, I've got to admit, I sort of uh, had a bit of a chuckle when they announced that he was coming to them. They announced it almost six months ago. Uh, it, it was while he was still at Wellington. They, they, they announced it, and I'm thinking, you know, 
that's an interesting choice. He's a great professional, really competitive, but he, he doesn't have the, the bells and whistles and, and the glitz that uh, Melbourne City are looking for. But, geez, I can see his role in that side. And Josh Rose is another one, another good professional from yeah. Central Coast who had an awful uh, sort of an up-and-down year last year. But they've picked up some good professionals there. It's all about backbone, resilience, and just being competitive every week. And that's the sense I've got from our chat with John Van Skip and also from his press conferences last year, wanting that sort of player. So we can hear that tomorrow night. I can understand exactly why they'd want to shut it down. I'll, be, I'll be, have, have a listen tomorrow night. I can understand why they would want all of the, the lid to just stay on. We've got to keep the lid on because we know what our history is. But I don't know how long how it was it was a like a minute and a half in or something. I can't remember exactly how time how much time was elapsed. When Timmy Gale goes crashing through <laughs> um Barrow, he goes off the ground with the bloodied face. And all of those things you're talking about, I was thinking of the time and then the way they played from thereafter, just the physical pursuit. They gave the victory like no time on the ball. They hunted like madmen. And there was a there was a physicality about mm. the way they played. And it wasn't just one or two of them. It was it was all of them. Like every single player, when it was their turn to go hard, and they went. They yeah. went hard. And but they, but they had the requisite gifts when the ball was at their feet to make I, I use the word bullying. Yeah, well, they, that's they, what it felt they, like. They bullied him at they, the that's time. That's exactly what it felt like. Uh, yep. Bruce Kamal. I mean, I'm a big rep for Jason Guerrier. Jason Guerrier is one of our, our stars of the future. I mean, the guy, once he cracks in, becomes an established socceroo, he'll be a 10-year socceroo. That's, how, that's what I think of Jason Guerrier. Bruce Kamau just brushed him aside and he fell to the ground. I know Kevin Muscat's come out and the victory camp's come out and thought that was a, a foul, but it happened a number of times yep. where the, you know, if it's a man-on-man, shoulder-to-shoulder sort of challenge, a number of times the victory boys hit the ground whilst the city boys with ball at feet ran on. Uh, happened too many times for Kevin, I mean, Kevin Muscat. You know, the ultra ultra competitive beast that he is, uh, he would have he would that's a part of the game. I think he would have just completely shattered him. And uh, the, you know, even when there was, there was a time in that, I'm just thinking with the first half. There was a time midway through that first half where the pressing game from City was just completely overrunning uh, Victory. But Victory's defensive or uh, sort of a, a attacking to defensive transition was awful. So suddenly they won the ball in a certain area, City, and suddenly they'd have four against two. Yeah. And uh, and they were just marauding towards uh, Lawrence Thomas's goal. So uh, don't get me, you know, there's people out there who are writing off victory straight away. There is no way that that is the victory you're going to get this year. Before this, in the pre-season, they had an excellent pre-season. They had... Uh, patches against Brisbane Raw where they weren't that great, but they've always been a competitive team. Yeah. We get to see them again in the FFA Cup semi-final next week. City versus Victory. You know, forget about the result. Forget about semi-final FFA. That's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, uh, Kevin Musket is going to put those boys up, and they're going to be competitive. Let's just see what City do then. It, well, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is a long season. We have just put our toe in the water, so we know we've got a long, long way to go. But what was your takeaway from the Derby result and the Derby performance in particular of the two teams the other night? Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Jimmy's in South Morang. I think wants to talk about the vanquished rather than the victor. Hi, mate. How are you going? G'day, fellas. How are you going? Good, thank really you. Really good, mate. Uh, first of all, I'm a City supporter, but uh, I just want to give you my take on victory. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but this is my take. Victory haven't replaced Mark Milligan just yet as a playmaker, um, and the, the recruiting... It's been okay, but Sebastian Pasquale has to play. Stefan Negro has to play. 
And uh, Nick Ansel's the player. I'll tell you why. Because these free plays give you energy, creativity, um, and, and just, uh, you know, speed. Victor are one, one-dimensional, too slow, um, you know, and no, no creativity whatsoever. Like, you've got Bazanic, Valeri, Broxham and Barrow in the same team. It can't, it can't work. And I tell you, they'll make the finals this year, but, but just. Um, Pasquale, I know he's only 16, but you've got to give him at least a half. This to play. Age, age, this day and age, shouldn't be an issue. Look, Jimmy, th- those boys that you talk, those young boys, Pasquale and also Negro, fantastic in the preseason against Atletico Madrid. I mean, uh, I think it was, was it against Juventus. It was in the ICC where Pasquale came on and did really well too. The boys got a future. Negro's got a future. But really, in in the heat of a derby, to throw them, it's different playing as a. I mean, they had um, Thomas Deng come in as, as a centre half in a derby last year and did really, really well in a packed house under a lot of pressure, 18-year-old. I think it's very different from a young centre-half to deal with that to, say, a creative midfielder where you're supposed to actually you know, open up the game and create things. And uh, even as a striker, Pasquale would be expected to score. You don't, you don't give free, uh, a free go to a young kid because he's a young, talented kid. He's got to go on there and actually make an impact. And I don't know whether they're ready. And I, and I reckon if they were ready, Kevin Musker would be playing them. What, I agree with the Milligan point. They haven't replaced. They've just not replaced Milligan. They suffered last year. The other one that uh, I reckon they haven't replaced is uh, Finkler. The, that creative yeah. link from midfield, the guy who can unlock defences with a beautiful pass, bring in the wingers. Uh, to a certain extent, Rojas, he was a quite... He'll be better, though. He will, yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's replaced, for me, uh, Barbarousas. Yep, yep. Uh, I think Mitch Austin's a good young kid who will get better. Uh, ben Kalfalar's got to give more. I mean, he, he was sort of anonymous on the weekend, but they haven't replaced Finkler. And, uh, and that's my big worry. People might say Troisi, but I don't think they're the same sort of players. When you lose, when you lose Del Pierre... Barbarousas and Finkler, no matter, well, it doesn't matter who you bring in, but they haven't brought in three who are ready to hit the ground with the same impact that those three have had for such a long time. You're talking Barbarousas. Yeah. When we write the book on the A-League, I'll be interested to see how highly Costa Barbarousas is rated by people like you who know much more about it than I do. I mean, he's a wonderful, wonderful player. You just don't... And Rojas is off a plane. He's yeah. obviously not feeling right. He needs more time to adjust. All those things. Yeah, they so need, they'll be better. On the weekend, they needed someone who could go the other way. Uh, City were bossing the game uh, in possession, bossing it physically. No, Not even Barisha. And with all due respect, the service to Barisha was awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no one could make them think, hang on... We can't be all one way here. We need to actually think that they could actually break and do some damage. At no point did victory really look like they could do some damage. Even the, the beautiful goal that Roes scored, it, it's something out of nothing again. Mm. So uh, you won't see, for me, you won't see victory play like that again. Uh, they, won't, they won't necessarily play better football, but they'll be competitive. And I cannot wait for that uh, FFA Cup semi-final next week. Can we just get Johnny? We'll just get Johnny out because we'll move on after the break from the derby. But Johnny and Mooney Ponds wants to have a chat about that as well. Hi, mate. How are you going? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. Look, a couple of things, if you can give me a couple of minutes. Look, we didn't turn up. They absolutely smashed us. And I agree with Carlos. Um, you know, we, we just were second, third to the ball. Um, you know, like Josh Rose down the left side, he got received the ball from the centre half, jumped inside his half, and then he could have picked out anyone he wanted. Barbarousas, yes, fine, but we got Rojas, but we needed some something in the middle, um, and we just we just didn't have that. I, I said, start of the season, we're about two, three signings short. Now I spoke to someone who's been very heavily involved at Victory years ago, 
they had the cards on Diamante and SEN, and that hasn't come through. I'm not going to mention their name, but let's just be assured that they were really uh, hung on that, and they unfortunately didn't get it. Um, I just want to say something else, Carlos. To these supporters, Musket is not their last cup of tea, but they're the same supporters who were jumping up and down two seasons ago, and all of a sudden, all you keyboard warriors, <laughs> keep your hands down and support the club when we're losing. And eventually, we're going to cop a hiding from City. We're going to lose. I mean, they're putting a lot of, you know, they've got a helping hand from FFA, from everyone else, from the, from the, from the father figure of Man City. We're going to cop it. But we just got to stick together. It's not accepting that that kind of performance on the weekend is one thing, but to come out and pinpoint individuals, you know, let's just say one thing. I'll just say one last thing. Andrew wouldn't have recommended Kevin Musket to victory. If it's good enough for Ange, I think it should be good enough for all of us. Johnny's had a lot of... Yep. Th- there's obviously a bit of a knee-jerk reaction amongst a lot of people to this. A lot of people. Um, and, and everyone's got a right... Yep. Uh, it, really, the, the, the performance they dished up on the weekend wasn't good enough. That's made very clear by Kevin Musket. And you've got to admit, rarely do victory... Really, a victory uncompetitive. They yeah, don't play yeah. well at times. Uh, they didn't have such a you know patches last year. It weren't so good, but they're really uncompetitive. What we saw on the weekend will not be repeated. It will they, not be repeated. They ran into one of the great halves of football played mm. in the A leagues. 11 or 12, however many, 12-year history. And that was one of the most complete halves of football played by So I'm, I'm sure others will go, well, I don't know this time, that team. Yeah. And, you know, but, but that was just complete. And that, that was, that's going to beat anyone. On 11.16 SEM, Melbourne's home of footy. Afternoons with Andy Marr for Volvo. Get run-out prices on the entire Volvo model year 16 range. And Logical Staffing Solutions. Hiring truck drivers for an immediate start. Logicalstaffing.com.au Now, the latest from Trade Central for Toyota Material Handling. Australia's first choice for new and used Toyota forklifts. And Arnold Dallas McPherson. Looking after injured Victorians like you for over 20 years. Got some news that Carlos Alberto Diego might be interested in here. Brent Anderson back in the studio. Yeah, we have our third trade of the day, guys. Just uh, can announce that Joel Hamling, along with picks 40 and 63, have gone to Fremantle. And in return, the Western Bulldogs have received picks 35, 43 and 61. Whacked that into the calculator to try to figure out what essentially Hamling was worth. And it comes up with pick 37, roughly, in terms of the equivalent value of Joel Hamling in that deal. So Hamling joins the Dockers. Uh, thanks to Goss for giving us the heads up about an hour and a half ago. You're, thanks, B.A. You're the Western Bulldogs supporter here. Are you disappointed to yeah, hear yeah, that? Yeah, no, young kid. Move on. 1.2 million over three years or something he's getting. So we've got Robbie Murphy coming back, and I'm sure we'll get a monster in the... Britt Brit will come up with a monster in the trade. We will get him before Friday or something like that. So. Well, he's put the, heads on, he's put the <laughs> headphones back, the headset back on. No, What's happened now? Very quickly, the Herald Sun and the Age are both reporting that Hawthorne and the Gold Coast have entered mediation yes. in talks over Jago Mirror. So, well, already, so already gone to mediation, has it? They've already... Express that they're at the impasse, and so they can access that. They access. Yeah, I, they think, have to, I think you can access yeah. it whenever you request Re- it. Reach so that point, yeah, okay. reach the point where you speak to the AFL and say, okay, well, we think we need some help with this one. They bring in the mediator, try and get a deal done, and, and ultimately something gets worked out. So the mediator, just so people are clear on this, the mediator will say this is the deal that Hawthorne you have to come up with to meet 
uh, the worth of Jaeger O'Meara, and then it's up to Hawthorne to say yay or no. Is that pretty much how Oh, look, works? I think it's a bit more back and forth, but uh, I, I think it's probably someone who's going to advance talks and probably yep. get, get things flowing a little bit quicker and easier than what they've had in previous weeks. Okay, right, right. We'll see how that plays out. I've never yeah. been in there, so I wouldn't have a clue. No, no, we'd <laughs> like to know. It'd be nice. Fly on the wall in the mediation room. That would be good. You'll be joining the boys on the run home right throughout the afternoon and the rest of the evening. Brett Anderson. Um, one thing we didn't talk about before we get into others, we're not going to have time for everything, clearly, but before we move completely away. The Tim Cale goal. Yeah. The conjecture about, you know, the worth of the man and, and the commitment they made and all of that sort of stuff. Um, has, yeah. he, has, he, has he already repaid the financial well, commitment that the game's made to him? There's some, been some media pundits that have already written that, you know, written that story that, you know, the four million or the huge investment that was outlaid by both, well, mostly by Melbourne City and the City Group and, uh, and the FFA suddenly has been repaid by the one goal. Uh, is it, it's a pretty big stretch, isn't it, to suggest that? Well, I mean, there's a lot to consider. I mean, what an investment like Timmy Carl is just not all getting, and all about TV rights negotiations with it, which are starting now, or yep. bums on seat in Melbourne City. It, I suppose media exposure, not only in Australia, across mainstream media and, and globally. About yes, a billion people a- have seen that. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, they, there was. A, yeah. I mean, I read somewhere that Le Keep in France had been reporting that Fred, uh, Tim Cale had scored a goal in. Uh, in the A League, it was getting run around on US TV. Yeah. So, from that respect, that 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 aspect, I mean, of course, that doesn't auto- automatically translate to money or investment yep. in the game. But what it does is open the eyes to you know players who might want to change in their career. You know, there's a you know we had Del Piero a couple of years ago, and you know Australia's doing okay. You know, getting to World Cups and things like that. Now Timmy's scoring the goal. It just keeps on getting the A League brand out there. It might. Player agents and players might consider coming playing here rather than in mm, China, mm. that sort of thing. Uh, but then we've got, uh, you know, uh, the, as I said, TV rights negotiations. Uh, the, are the TV companies suddenly going to get, you know, throw another $20 million on, uh, on, the, on the TV rights licence, uh, you know, because Timmy Cale scored that goal? How often does he need to do that for the rest? Uh, you know, I, everyone gets excited. Everyone was really excited about what happened. Both Bruno and Timmy scored on the weekend. I think that's it. But the very next day, we had Newcastle Jets versus Brisbane Raw in Newcastle, and it just seemed like there were 2,000 people that's there. That's the problem. Whispering. That's the problem. At least yeah. at least the Timmy Cale goal was scored in front of 40,000 yeah. people at a venue that was packed. Those pictures around the world, probably go, gee, footy football in Australia is unbelievably healthy. Uh, A-League on SEN, Friday night, 7pm, Melbourne City taking on Perth Glory at Army Park, Saturday night, 7.30pm, Adelaide United, Melbourne victory at Cooper Stadium. Can you, Carlos Alberto, Diego. By the way, final whistle, Diego's final whistle after the Melbourne City game on Friday night for a couple of hours. Talk back. Perfect. And John Van Schip, your special yep. guest tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, night yep. uh, I didn't, It's killing me. Six o'clock kickoff this morning, Liverpool v Man United. <laughs> I don't have it, so I couldn't see yep. it. So you know what I did? I, on Liverpool TV, I listened. I had that on the screen, <laughs> and I listened to the radio coverage. Much to the chagrin of radio called, much to the chagrin of my family who are made to endure it when they're normally watching some stupid cartoon at that time of the morning. Um, but you gave me a set of numbers. It sounded like Man United just came in totally. Just let's not get beaten in this game. 
And give me the numbers, will you? The- yeah, Optostats is something that's, uh, you know, the, the statistics that football go to, uh, and they've done so to get all the, you know, not only readings of the games, but also players and coaches and, and clubs get uh, post-game to make decisions about their own players and how yep. they're going and other clubs and so forth. Optostats has been going since 2004. At no stage since 2004 have Liv- has uh, Manchester United had less possession. They had 35% possession today against Liverpool at Anfield. You know, this is English football we're talking about. This is not like um, you know Italian football where you can park the bus and be happy about it. No, no one's happy. With yeah, it. I'm, I'm surprised anyone accepted it in English football. Uh, but anyway, Jose Mourinho parked the bus in the best possible way today, 35 percent, and walked away saying that they were the better side this morning. So uh, oh. it was very interesting. They <laughs> did have probably the best chance of the game with a, uh, Ibrahimovic uh, missing with a with a header that he would normally score with, uh, but. They were relatively happy, Manchester United, to walk away with those figures with a nil-all draw. How are they going? How's Manchester United? They're outside the top. I mean, it's early. God, it's really yeah. early. But they're not in the top. They're not sitting where they want to sit, even yeah. though it is early. I think – I don't know. I had my doubts about Pogba. A lot of fans of Manchester United fans and people in English football have got their doubts about Pogba. But I think the big issue here is – who does Jose Mourinho want to be as a manager? In the past, he did anything to win. And it seemed to me that he sort of struggled with this identity at Manchester United. Do I go to my cynical, practical sort of self, or do I do the Matt Busby free-flowing football? He's not winning with the free-flowing football, so I'm thinking Revert. he's probably reverting back to him. Why not? Um, as is always the case, we'll get to Davidovic's top 10 next week, all right? Absolutely. Carlos Alberto Diego joining us. I'll see you then, great man. Listen Thanks, to the Four Diego's tomorrow night and get involved with the conversation after the game. The Four Diego's, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639.